Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for waking me. Um, let's go. It's a beautiful day. And uh, here we are with another podcast. This episode is a cheap podcast because I'm going to reshare some content that I did with my boy Adrian. Please go follow uh, Living Ardently, the Living Ardently podcast. Adrian's doing some amazing things, um, interviewing some amazing people. He's got some amazing content out there that um, in his backlog and his podcast. So go ahead and take a look. He's interviewed so many cool um, Catholic influencers um, all across the board. So many different stories in different ways that he's highlighted uh, to be Catholic and to live out your your faith and to share the gospel. So shout out to my boy. Um, so this is a reshare of um, or a recycle of just like one one piece of his our episodes our Q&A episodes um, which we would love for you to take a look at um, and I'm sharing it on the podcast because it's a little bit longer it's a little bit long I believe for Instagram I think it's about four or five minutes and I think it's a long time to be on Instagram um, so uh, I decided to put it on the podcast because it's a little bit um, it's not like Sorry, I just burped. <laughs> sure, you can hear that. It's a little bit um, like on Instagram. I try to put all like the really like wow, that's like like relay dynamic, unique stuff to catch people's eye, and so that could be shared a little bit easier. But stuff like my origin story, I think, belongs on the podcast. So, welcome to my origin story. Um, this is. Um, my story about how I got involved in youth ministry and I was a cocky little <laughs> fill in the blank, mother fill in the blank. Um, and I was going for PhD work, um, spent two years um, in scholarly, in my scholarly mode, trying to figure out and dive into theology, Catholic systematic theology, which was super academic and um, super fun and super nerdy. Um, <laughs> I feel like oftentimes has no place in Instagram because nobody cares and nobody wants to pay attention to that stuff. But um, we try in little ways anyways. So anyways, this is um, my story, one, one bit of my story of how I got um, rejected from my PhD programs, five programs, and then how I ended up becoming a youth minister. Um, which was not my plan. And I was very angry at God <laughs> about him um, presenting me with that opportunity. So shout out to my youth, my youth ministers who are following me. You are, um, I don't know, you are so essential. You are the, like, the people on the ground doing the work. And oftentimes it feels like no one's paying attention and nobody cares. It's wrong. <laughs> people should be, <laughs> people need to care more about the youth ministers and the work of the youth. It's, that's backwards. That's completely and utterly backwards to not focus on the youth. Um, so all of my energy just goes out to you. All of my prayers go out to you that you have your energy and you have your work, that you love your work, um, that you take care of yourselves, that you prioritize rest, that you prioritize Sabbath, that you prioritize your, your 
the depth of your prayer with the Lord because without it, um, you're going to burn out. And I know that some of you um, are burnt out right now and it's time to turn it around. It's time to turn it around. It's time to return. How much longer are you going to go on living like this? How I'm going to say it again. How much longer are you going to go on living like this? Burnt out in the most meaningful work. You know, like youth ministry, like it's, it's the most beautiful work. But there are so many things that can turn it into destructive work like like we we tend to destroy ourselves uh in order for other people to live but that's not the recipe (laughs) that's not the recipe so um some of you all need to look for other jobs i'm just gonna say it some of you need to get out so that you can let god work through you more freely and more like let god um, allow you to love the most fullest way and some of y'all just need to cut it back some of y'all need to do what I had done um, after my one year in youth ministry and have a year of no some of y'all need a year of no I literally said no to everything except for my top three things that I said yes to identify three things that you know you're gonna say yes to I think mine was uh, my wife my family and then um, I took a teaching position in theology, my teaching position. Um, and if it didn't have anything to do with those three, I said no. Uh, it took a lot of guts, but that was the most freeing year of my life. That was the year that the living person started because I had more creativity. I had more freedom, more energy. I felt more like myself. I felt more alive. I went on the most vacations with my wife. I went on like three or four vacations, even if it was just little ones. Um, some of you all are enslaved to um, what you think youth ministry and ministry needs to be. What it needs to be is you <laughs> freely working with God at the center. And if you're drained, that's the single most important uh, sign that something's off. Okay? So, so, because, I mean, like, I know... I'm speaking dramatically because um, my, my situation was so dramatic. It was my first year of marriage, and um, um, I just felt like it was destroying me. I, and I felt like it because it was. So uh, I had to take a step back. So um, if, you're, if you're in a really drastic situation, pay attention to the, the drama <laughs> of my little rant. And if you're not in a very... Um, if you're in a very low stick situation, then would you just rest? Would you just take, um, um, pick a day and make it a Sabbath, um, a Lord's day, a self-care day, a gratitude day to build yourself up so that you can serve better? Because that's what God wants. (laughs) God wants to be put back into the center and to fill you up. Anyways, let's go. That had nothing to do with, actually it did kind of have something to do with the episode. Here it is without further ado. Um, Follow Living Ardently. Here it is. We keep talking about conversion experience. So I had my conversion experience when I was 18. It was my first retreat. I was Catholic all my life, but first retreat just like set it off. Like, (laughs) like off to the races. You know what I mean? Like very St. Very St. Paul like I was in a, a punk rock band and a metal band both at the same time 
had a group of friends had a group of friends that just like were not really good for me like they're still they were still good people but like there were some like really shady moments you know what i mean like um i would walk into band practice and like like half of them were would be like high or on shrooms and then one time they were they were doing acid <laughs> you know i was like this this is not what i planned <laughs> you know what I mean? like so then i went on retreat <laughs> i was like wow so anyways um, within a year I was in seminary, did, a, did seminary for a year, just turned out, and then by that point I was like, okay, it's either going to be teaching or ministry. Like, I don't know where or how, but that's what it is. My story um, goes a little bit farther, because um, I had already done a year of service, teaching in a school, and then did ministry at, in a college level as a grad assistant, and then I had been studying... Um, my, in, in graduate studies in theology for my, for my master's and decided that I really wanted to, to try and be a theology professor, like a Catholic theology professor. So I applied um, to five PhD programs and uh, I was waiting back feeling really confident. And I re remember having this moment <clears throat> with my, one of my friends. Um, he's like, so what are you, like, where are you feeling now? Like what's going to happen if you don't um, get in? I was like, I mean, that's a good question, but um, he's like, have you ever thought about youth ministry or working at a parish? And this, I'm not proud of this response, but this is what I said back in 2013. I said, you know, like, I don't have anything against working at a parish, but I just feel like, and then he, he finishes my sentence and he goes, you feel like a little bit too good for youth ministry? I'm like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, and I did, I didn't get in. <laughs> I didn't get into my PhD program, you know? So here's me like thinking that I'm gonna study theology at the PhD level, didn't get in. And the only jobs available, bro, youth ministry jobs. <laughs> like talk about being humbled, you know? And it, like I'm laughing about it now, but like my identity was kind of like destroyed. You know, I was like, I was, so I, I took a job at the largest parish in the largest parish in Cleveland with a, with a pastor that had this reputation of like being very big. I love him, Father Bob Steck. And, um, I was like, man, this is big work, you know? Um, so, um, I walked into like a youth group of like already a hundred some teens, I think. And, um, I was like, okay, here we go. So I remember driving into the park, into the parking lot, my, my like first or second day, Maybe it might be one might have been like the third day, feeling like some tension, like this is not what I planned, you know. What I mean? And then I remember turning on um, Matt Mars like live album. Maybe it's like all the people said Amen. And after one of the songs, he does a live rendition of Here I Am, Lord. It's like Here I Am, Lord. And then it just hit, you know, it's like here, cause then, then I was listening and crying, sobbing in my car outside of like the office parish building. Cause I'm listening, God speaking to me through Matt Marr says, here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? Like, is it me? Like, did you actually call me for this work to do youth ministry? Is it I, I have called you. I've heard you calling in the night. I will go. <laughs> But only if you, I'll go into that building, but only if you lead me, I will hold your people in my heart. So that, that settled everything for me. It's like this one powerful moment of like, I know this wasn't your plan. 
and I know that you're upset, but this is where I need you, you know? So that was one of the, the most like an anointed years of my life. I only did one a year because um, it just it didn't didn't prove to be beneficial for my first year. of That was my first year of marriage. Um, all the nights and um, all the all the the weekends on family like family dinner nights on Sundays just didn't work for my schedule. But I loved the work. I loved the work and building a team. And then I went and then after that, I went to teaching and I fell in love with with teaching. <laughs> Uh, high, high school kids, which was not my plan either, you know? So I think it's been, since 2013, it's been seven years, and I've completely let, completely let go of PhD work up, and, up until the COVID, yeah, up until recently. So I'm like, maybe it'll happen. But like the, the amount of fruit that has happened by letting go of my stupid dream. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't stupid. I was just trying to force it. I was trying to force it so badly. But um, this is the Christian story. Like we've got our plans, but like God's got something way better if we can just find a way to let him sneak into our heart and do the work, you know? So yeah.